Hello and welcome to the Beyond Resilience Life podcast, a show about life adversity, how to overcome it and transform your life. This is your host, Dr. Lidiana Garcia, a licensed psychologist in Los Angeles, California. And even though my hope is to deliver information that can be helpful for you to overcome adversity and transform your life, it is not meant to be a substitute for being diagnosed and treated by a licensed mental health, medical, and related professional. Season 1, Episode 9. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Today is going to be an amazing one. And just so you know, 9 is my favorite number and a lucky number. And there's no mistake when I talk about this in the sense that today we're going to have an amazing person, somebody that I really look up to. And I feel so inspired and empowered that she's not only a psychologist, but she's also changing the paradigms about it and moving our profession in a different way. And I really, really, I'm so proud of her for tapping into that and letting that guide her. So we're going to talk with Dr. Nicole LePera. And for those of you, probably you know, she is the author and the back person of the Holistic Psychologist IG accounts, Instagram accounts, and also YouTube page. And Dr. Nicole LePera is a holistic psychologist who believes that mental wellness is for everyone. And she evolved from a more traditional training to acknowledging the connection between the mind and the body. She views mental and physical struggles from a whole person perspective and works to identify the underlying physical and emotional causes. She understands that balance is an integral part of wellness and empowers individuals to heal themselves, supporting them on their own wellness journeys. And she's the creator of the self-healers hashtag. So. Today, what we're going to talk about, which I mean, there's a lot that I could have interviewed Nicole, how she prefers to be called. But today we're going to talk because we're in the intro, kind of the first season about the gut and trauma and how to heal from that. So a lot of the topics that we're going to talk about are about that. We're also going to talk about her go-to techniques and skills to help heal trauma and the gut problems, how to create new meanings and transformations based on that and her resources and recommendations for all of you. So I'm so happy to have Dr. Nicole Pera. So without any further ado, here we go. Today I have the honor and I feel so humbled to have Nicole Pera, the holistic psychologist. A lot of you know her by that name through her Instagram account. And let me tell you guys, that account is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite. I feel like every day I go, I'm like saving all of them. And I'm like, <laughs> this is all I want to do. I just want to share all her stuff. So mm-hmm. I am so happy to have you here and to share such an amazing episode about the gut and trauma because it has such, so much connection and relationship and people usually kind of separate and not necessarily think about that. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what are you doing nowadays? Yeah, absolutely. I want to thank you so much, Lidiana, for having me on. I love people getting the message out there. So I definitely appreciate the message that you're spreading and I'm honored and was blushing as you were talking. So thank you so much. I really, really do appreciate it. Um, So a little bit about me in a professional sense, I am very much traditionally trained as a clinical psychologist. So essentially what that means is, you know, I had been historically of the belief that we had two options for all things mental wellness, which were talking, sitting on a couch. I do have a, a big couch in my office and or medication, sometimes both. So coming through that very traditional training and then on a personal level, being a human who has struggled with anxiety for literally 
as long as I can remember um, the little girl that was fearful of pretty much anything and everything. My 20s were just really one panic attack after the other. So I've definitely had that more severe, very drastic experience that I know a lot of people out there are struggling with on a more consistent, even daily basis. And I, I definitely know how debilitating that is. So as the human, like I said, I always, I was of the belief again that anxiety was something I would always have to some extent in my life. About probably about, you know, several years into me having set up my practice and having had logged at that point several years worth of treatment time with many of the same, you know, individuals coming in week after week after week. Um, also seeing a return on my end, on my personal end of my own anxiety, you know, it would just come and spike and it was just always still there. Having my own batch of really scary, um, my anxiety is very much health related, the really scary physical symptoms that then kind of were in the mix for me. I started to use some different methods to heal myself outside of my clinical room at this point. I was introduced to this whole world of research of epigenetics. So for listeners out there, just really, you know, the simplest way to put it is, yes, we have a genetic code that we're all born with, but, but we are making decisions on a daily basis that really do play a huge role in terms of whether or not we get the thing or we don't get the thing. So my mind was blown. The gut, I know that we'll go into all mm-hmm. things, the gut. Um, the gut was really introduced to me as being a really pivotal player in all things mm-hmm. mental wellness. So long story short, I started to see all of these things and learn about all of these new concepts and realities even that I had not learned in school. And I started to use holistic healing for my own anxiety and my own physical symptoms. And I had such relief on my end and such deep level healing that I could not, at this point, I knew I had to start talking about these methods and sharing them. So mm. that brought me to the big world of Instagram, <laughs> and I had no idea that it was going to evolve the way it mm. has. But really, my main intention at that point was just, I wanted to start talking about these methods. And before I knew it, I had messages trickling in from people all over the world using these methods with no one else but themselves, just kind of doing these things on a daily basis. And were, were sending me all these crazy messages of these drastic, drastic changes that they were mm. seeing. So now I had a sample that was beyond, hey, I was feeling better. Scientist in me was like, okay, now other people are feeling better. <laughs> yeah. So that was really when I took a big pivot, started to embrace the reality again that I needed to shift the way that I was working in the clinical room too, that I needed to in- incorporate these whole body holistic techniques yeah. taking into consideration the bottom half of us, which is our body, and really began to start to use that with the clients that I was working daily. That's great. That's great. Yes. I've been in the trauma field for over 10 years, and it was not until I started doing more of the somatic aspect of it, which I was introduced to that like 10 years ago, but I was like, the body? Um, Okay. But yes, integrating that piece has been tremendously in terms of the healing and myself Mm -hmm. and my clients. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. I know that the next question tends to be very, very broad in terms of how do you define trauma, but I really want to hear your opinion about it. Absolutely. And I actually do take a much more broad definition of trauma. So I think a lot of us, at least out there, when we hear trauma, I think a lot of us think of the kind of acute cataclysmic, you know, whether it was a physical abuse, you know, incident or a sexual abuse or like kind of the big thing, the big T as a lot of people are calling it now. I actually do take a more broad approach or definition of it. 
And the way I view trauma really is any unprocessed emotional experience that is stored in our subconscious mind and body. The part of the brain that I'm very, very fascinated with and I think needs to be understood on a deeper level and utilized is that subconscious. So I believe that, again, trauma for some of us, and I have lived this experience, I did not have the big C as they think of it, but I had just a chronically unmet emotional need, you know, time and time again, starting at a very, very young age. So I include that in the definition as well as any time, you know, as children, you know, usually it does originate in our early development, even with, like I said, like a need, an unmet need, Mm -hmm. that's not being seen, heard, understood, which I believe are the three wants of every human on this planet. If those needs go inconsistently met chronically over time, I do think that we, again, have that subconscious trauma-based memory, whether it's in our beliefs or our patterns or the ways that we are just in the world with ourselves, with others that we carry with us far beyond the age of the trauma. Yeah, definitely. I also applied that broader mm-hmm. definition. Yeah. And how do you define the gut? That one is... So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I guess the, the simple way of putting our gut is, I mean, the aspect of our gut, let me put it mm-hmm. this way, that I am most concerned about is our microbiome. And what that mm-hmm. is simply, all the little bacteria the goodies and the baddies, you know, I think at this point we've all heard of probiotics and or some of us have some sense of, okay, there's, there's organisms that are living down there that actually aren't all bad that we need some of. So yeah. when I say gut, I mean really the microbiome and that reality is that, and why, why are we interested in this even for a couple of reasons. So the organisms, the bacteria that live in our gut are responsible for breaking down our food for allowing our body to absorb all of the nutrients that are in our food, which obviously does have a direct impact in the way our organs function. Obviously the brain is an organ, so we need to be have nutrients for our brain to function. So that's I think the simplest way to understand it. But more and more science is now also showing that those organisms, that bacteria, that microbiome is really responsible as well. So I guess let me step back one moment and note the brain and the gut are in constant communication, bidirectional. So the brain is communicating with the gut and the gut is communicating with the brain, right? So what also is happening as per these great little bacteria that we definitely need is they are responsible for neurotransmitter production. And anyone out there listening has probably heard of at least some of the big neurotransmitters, Mm -hmm. right? The dopamine, the serotonin, I'm Mm -hmm. sure your audience is very familiar with all of these. So Mm -hmm. that is the why, again, that we Mm -hmm. need to take a look at and be aware of what we're putting in our gut because this is where we used to believe it originated in the brain. So for me, I used to believe that my brain didn't make enough serotonin, neurotransmitter, most commonly associated with anxiety. But now we know that actually it's our gut is involved. Another reason of why the gut is important is 80% of our immune system is located in our gut. It makes sense because our gut is where we're ingesting the foreign food being the foreign material. So we want our immune system to be very close to that area to make sure if there's anything that's problematic, that our immune system can be called to order and can do what it does best. Again, we now know that because of some of the things that we're ingesting in terms of food items, that it is actually a chronic inflammation result from direct damage to the gut. So that's another really big why that I'm very interested in, right? I believe we all need to pay some attention to that part of our body that is the gut. (laughs) Yeah, especially when people struggling with anxiety or depression or or those kind of symptoms, a lot of them resort to food and not necessarily the best food, which can kind of create 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you kind of answered the next one. Well, let's go about it. How does trauma impact the gut biome? Yeah, absolutely. So they've actually now have some evidence that trauma has a direct impact on the microbiome, on the bacteria, on the numbers, the species, etc. There's a million different names and types of bacteria that we have in there, but they have been able to observe direct changes based on trauma. Another big way that trauma uh, affects the gut is there's a big long word. It's called psychoneuroimmunology. And essentially what that means is we now know that our negative emotions, obviously associated with trauma being a big uh, catalyst for a whole bunch of negative emotions, including stress, have mm-hmm. a direct impact on our immune cells. They mm-hmm. decrease the number and the efficacy of our immune cells. So the more stress we're under, the more trauma we're under, the more negative emotions that we experience as per these mm-hmm. trauma experiences, the less effective, to put it really simply, our immune system is going to be going to become. And the why that I'm interested in this is because back to this concept of inflammation, a chronic low-level inflammation causes a lot of the cognitive and emotional symptoms that a lot of us are struggling with. So I think that that's another big way. So those of us who have experienced a trauma are likely having a not as effective immune system and then might be suffering the effects of inflammation. Yeah. What are some of your go-to? Because I know the listeners might be like, holy crap, Uh (laughs) that's me. Uh Yeah. 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 So what are your go-to skills to kind of start this process of healing? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the simplest way I put is we want to make sure foundationally that we're, ha- we're in a balanced body that's working for us. And that against us, for all the reasons we were just talking about, mm-hmm. there can be a lot of physiological imbalances that are contributing to our mental wellness or lack thereof. So big things that I think are important to look at is, like I said, nutrition. What are we eating? What aren't we eating? Sleep. That's a big, big, big one. A lot of us are not getting the amount of sleep that we need. Making sure that we are getting, that's where our body goes into rest and restorative and can heal itself if there is damage movement is big that's all kind of in the body all of these kind of areas i think could be tweaked so that we're again in that balanced body other things that i think are really important for trauma are breath works and meditations Mm -hmm. they help directly activate the parasympathetic nervous system which is not activated nearly enough for those of us Mm -hmm. who have experienced trauma the work you do somatic i think all things somatic whether it's emdr or eft or any sort of that kind of emotional, deeper emotional release, body emotional release, energy emotional release techniques, I think are also incredibly, incredibly important yeah. to, to incorporate. And then the social piece, the soul piece that I always throw mm-hmm. out there, because I think sometimes it's it not necessarily mm-hmm. seen as important, but for trauma, I believe it to be incredibly important would be community and, and socialization and connection on all sides of the mm-hmm. healing process, you know, being able to be in round and speak with people who understand what we've been through and the healing we're going through and where we want to go, I think is our incredibly healing factor. You kind of went all over. Yes, great. Like the whole basis. Thank you. One of the things that my clients struggled the most, and I find a lot of people, is the sleep aspect, especially that anxiety or panic attacks and all that. A lot of them, my clients experience them at night. And that interrupts their sleep. They've tried all these different supplements, all these different things. Any kind of, I know that was not one of the questions, but any kind of extra Mm -hmm. recommendations you have for that? Yeah, absolutely. So two reasons that I see as why. 
nighttime is when we're laying in bed and we have nowhere to put our attention, which mm-hmm. means that it goes up to our thoughts. That's yeah. where I really stress the importance of developing a or changing our relationship with our thoughts. I see meditation as a way to practice the skills of separating from our thoughts and redirecting our attention anywhere but our thoughts. So if we're laying in bed, that would be our breath. Because if we follow the train of thinking that we're doing, and if it is anxiety-based or fear-based or anger-based or whatever it is, before we know it, we're going to be feeling those things. Those are very activating, you know, energetic experience for our body, moving us farther and farther away from sleep. If we are starting to feel, I think another great tool for nighttime, if we are starting to feel that activation, great time to do those deep belly breaths to activate that parasympathetic. So I think between both of those and their skills, and I say that because this is not the aspirin mm-hmm. model. We don't do these things mm-hmm. once and A, become good at them and B, have we been success, right? And being able to go right to sleep. These yeah. are the things that we have to, tools that we have to use consistently. I say the word consistent a million times a day. People yeah. hate me, but consistently yeah. enough so that when we are laying in bed, right, we have a fighting chance to get the hell out of our thoughts, to put our attention on mm-hmm. our breath, to use our breath to bring our bodies down, mm-hmm. and then we can have sleep happen for us. Yeah, I love to talk about like taking the mindful pauses here and there. So that way people can also start stretching from the experiencing and having that little separation. But it's a skill. Yeah. In what ways have people created new meanings or transformation? And I know you've mentioned that you have, you've received a lot of those recently in terms of how implementing this technique to heal the trauma and the gut problems. Yeah, I think the greatest meaning that we take from this type of healing process, one in which we are an active participant, is empowerment, is to speak to your point beautifully, right? The more space we have, those more mindful pauses, the reality of it is, and those of us who have experienced a trauma, for many different reasons, I do not feel we are able to sit comfortably in this room. We don't feel like we have control. And because to a large extent, when the trauma happened to us, we did not have control. The thing happened to us, right? We became reactive. And then we continue to engage in a way based, again, the way these memories and experiences were stored in our subconscious in a very reactive way, meaning we are now an adult who might be years upon decades from the past trauma experience, but we live our day in that subconscious state, which is where we spend 95% of our time reacting to the environment, right? So the thing happens in our world, the person, the thing, the event, whatever it is, and we just don't have that space. Yeah. In a very real way, we continue to perpetuate the environment affects us. We are a victim of circumstance. So I say all that to say that I believe that the reframe that is incredibly impactful in this type of healing is becoming aware, expanding our consciousness to the reality that we might not have been able to control what happened to us historically in the past, but we do have a space now. And we, in that space, we do have a choice now. And again, the more we become aware of ourselves and our mental world and dance in those spaces in time and take those mindful pauses and start to give ourselves an opportunity to make a new choice, I think that is the reframe that is so impactful, is one of empowerment, of resiliency, of the world will continue to happen around us. But now I have a say in a way that I did not have a say in the past. Some of the listeners might go like, how about healing the gut? Like, okay, I have all the skills that I can start, but any kind of recommendations to help heal the gut? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't believe in, my whole stance on healing the gut is, I don't believe that there's a one-size-fits-all diet, nutritional model that works for all humans. So you'll never hear me saying it's this diet. I don't believe that. What I believe in is 
intuitive eating, meaning connecting with your body and not only being able to identify when it's actually hungry and we want to, we're eating from that nutritional need place or when we're eating for other reasons. I also know that there are big glaring foods that a lot of us eat a lot of that do cause direct damage to the gut. So I think a first step is just being aware of what we're consuming and how much, and that's, that's the thing I say, how much, because our, our, we can tolerate right? These foods much more infrequently than a lot of us are eating them. It's the consistency mm-hmm. in which we're eating the gluten. So even if you right. don't carry a celiac diagnosis, I do not myself. However, I've now removed gluten and re- reintroduced it. And I now know how gluten affects me. It makes me irritable. I actually get pimples on my skin. I have a very much almost immediate reaction to gluten. So I believe that most of us humans do have some version of reacting to gluten that's not helpful. Another one, and I've devastated a lot of people, including myself, when I speak these words, but the whole world of processed sugar, and there's a lot of it out there, right? Processed sugar, the, in foods, anything with a label, which brings me to three, all lab food. If you can't identify what's on the back of that label or where it came from, it looks like it has numbers and colors, dyes at the end of it, also include it, and really problematic for a lot of us are the whole world of oils that restaurants are using. We now know that those kind of three biggies, so the glutens, the processed world of sugar, and really the processed world of food have direct implications for the health of our gut. Now, again, like I said, if you eat processed sugar once in a blue moon, your gut can tolerate it. But if sugar is creeping into each and every meal, which for some of us it is unbeknownst to us, then you're going to have that gut damage. Same thing with the processed oils. If you're ordering every meal, right, from the neighborhood restaurant, and even if you think it's healthy, if it's being cooked in those processed oils, it's accumulated, and that is going to cause really big problems. So again, not to overwhelm anyone, but it really could be first starting just to minimize. First, let me say this first, being aware, how much is this in my world? And then any small step you can take to minimize its Mm -hmm. presence would go a long way. Do you have any further resources or recommendations that the listeners could benefit from? So in terms of all things trauma, I'm sure you probably mentioned this, but the biggest book that not only as a clinician that I've benefited mm-hmm. from, but as a human, the body keeps score. That's just such a, a pivotal work. I think it illustrates the mind-body connection, the effects of trauma, how we carry that. So I just think that is an invaluable and it's interesting because I've actually revisited that book a couple different times, you know, as a clinician, as a human, mm-hmm. different steps, different level mm-hmm. or different places in my own healing journey. And I've found new parts of it that have spoken to me differently. So I'm sure that's been mentioned, mm-hmm. but I just can't say enough about that book. It's an incredible wealth of, of mm-hmm. knowledge. And I think you mentioned something key that I've been also experiencing myself when we revisit things. Many people go like, oh, I read that. I read that. But when we revisit things, like new insights, new understandings can come. So yeah, yeah. so if you have read that book, going back to it, or even other books, yes. Any favorite books? Well, we already talked about the book. What about, sometimes I think of movies, and I don't know if if you're a movie watcher. I'm not a movie watcher, so I can't help on that. But another book that I think is so great, outside from just because what triggered this thought is think, talking about meaning and reframes. I'm sure everyone's mm-hmm. heard of The Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor mm-hmm. Frankl, amazing book. But also, I yes. really like The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. I think that's an incredibly impactful book. I've similarly read it a couple times and have gotten different 
things in my own personal life and own healing journey. And I've recommended it to multiple clients and they've all, you know, experienced and found some part of it helpful. So I think that's a good one. But yeah, I'm not a big movie person. The documentary Heal, that's something that I know is on Netflix. I think currently right now, I watched it a bit ago when it was first being released, but it's called Heal. It really does talk about the mind-body connection and all kind of, I think, pretty much everything that you're doing in terms of your work and everything that I've mentioned. And I think it's Netflix now. So if anyone who's out there who has so. that can grab that. And it's like a multi-series and it's, it can be really, really helpful. And how can the listeners, I mean, mostly all of them already follow you, but for those of you that are not following Nicole, where can they get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. I direct everyone to the main hub where I always am, which is Instagram at the.holistic.psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always on there daily in my stories. You can see me healing myself, mm-hmm. an amazing community. So thank you everyone out there who is following me, whoever isn't, they want to jump over such support. It happens in the comments every day. That to me is an incredible part that I would have never anticipated as part of this whole journey and this experience for myself. I do have a website. It's yourholisticpsychologist.com. It's always linked in the Instagram bio. Right now, I am giving away a uh, free future self journal. So anyone who might have heard of this thing going around and you guys want to sign up for it, um, the link is in my bio and it will get sent directly to your email box. And there's also a YouTube, a new YouTube channel that's been kicking around the holistic psychologist as well. But pretty much everything I talk about comes through Instagram at one way or another, it was linked up with a swipe up, swipe down function. So come find me at The Holistic Psychologist on Instagram and you won't miss anything that I'm talking about. Yeah. Where are you now in terms of books that you're reading or the techniques that you're learning? Or I'm just curious. Uh So right now, it's funny, it's ever evolving. Right now, I'm doing a lot of reading on consciousness. I'm reading an amazing book. I think it's called Self-Observation by a gentleman named Red Hawk. And I just finished a book called The Leap about spiritual awakening. So I'm on a little bit of a consciousness beat right now myself. So if you guys follow me on Instagram as well, you know that I'm always talking about screenshotting books that I'm reading and putting out recommendations. So if you guys want to follow along, I am much more of a reader than a movie watcher. So if you guys want to follow along with my reading, my reading topics of the day, and it's funny, it does evolve topically. So now I'm really knee deep in all in the country. <laughs> Thank you so, 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 so much. I am beyond grateful that you're here. Anything lastly that you want to add before we... No, I appreciate it. I, seriously, man, I thank you for, for having me on and for chatting with me. The work that you're doing is incredible. I love connecting with like-minded healers out there. And I'm just so hopeful for with the shift that I'm seeing universally. The fact that I don't take credit for the, the growing of the Instagram account at this point. I I truly believe it's indicative of the readiness of people like yourself, like everyone following who people are just ready to, I think, take healing into their own hands to feel a little more empowered and to start to feel, get unstuck. I hear the word stuck so, so often. So anyone out there who's listening and feels stuck, just know that you're not in there alone. There's a lot of reasons why we're all stuck in one way or the other. And there's so many things I'm so big on practical daily things that we can do, small things each day that really do I'm a living experience of how they add up and if Mm -hmm. the human that I am now a decade ago wouldn't recognize me whether it's from my anxiety that I can't even remember what it used to feel like to be plagued with that on a daily basis to 
some really core beliefs about myself that I've been able to fully shift out of and make new choices and create new habits. So I'm just so inspired, not only by my own journey, but at this point, so many other people's journeys as they share them with me. So there's so much hope out there. Anyone who's listening who feels hopeless, just know that there are, there are things, there are small ways that we can start to show up for ourselves that go a long way. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. So everybody, I am so happy that we had this episode and you'll have all this information in the show notes. And thanks again. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond Resilience Life podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. If you like this episode, please make sure to review it and comment on it and share it with your friends and family. Until next time.